And you know the number by now to call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Would love to talk to you. You have concerns about your employment. You're unemployed. You just lost your job. You think, uh, Spidey Sense is telling you it might be some bad news coming down the pike very shortly. Doesn't matter. Call your call us tonight at that number, and we'll figure it out, get you some answers, make you aware of what possibly could be in store or what you should be doing to look behind and fix things that might have happened just recently. With that, we will get into the week that was. My brother, how are you? Thank you, John. And, uh, you know, it's exactly as you said. You know, there's so many reasons to, to listen to our show and, and to make that call if you have prompts. Call us now, right now. We're, we're here till 8 o'clock to answer those questions and take advantage. You know, I've always said take advantage. We're here to answer questions and to help out. So don't just uh, sit there and, and be worried for, for no reason when there could be a solution to your workplace problem. That's what we do here. We talk about anything from losing your job to being threatened to lose your job to harassment in the workplace, bullying, human rights, constructive dismissal, changes to the terms of employment, employment agreements, all that and more. Bring it on. We're here to solve those problems and and help you and hopefully educate and inform in the process. And to start us off, John, uh, the week that was talking about a couple of situations that I saw. Now, uh, you know how I always talk about the fact that uh, whenever there's a severance deadline uh, in, in a severance package, people should just not worry about that too much. They shouldn't feel the pressure. Well, here's an interesting story that has to do with that. Uh, a lady called me, and what happened to her was actually quite remarkable. She was let go uh, on a Monday. And sure enough, she was provided with the severance offer, and the company wanted uh, her to sign back by the Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, she became sick uh, a couple of days later uh, and, and had to be hospitalized. She was in the hospital for about uh, close to a week and came out the, the week after. And, and when she came out of the hospital, she realized, I missed the deadline for signing back the severance package. She was extremely upset. Uh, she, she didn't know if she should be contacting the company. She didn't know if she should sign it, not sign it, right. what to do. So someone told her, you know what, you should call this Lior guy. So she called me. And she's very upset and, and saying, you know, is it too late to accept this package? Can I accept it? Should I contact them? Should I explain to them that I was in the hospital? So I said, well, give me some, some information. So, John, this lady had worked for the company for 15 years. Okay, she was a bookkeeper, uh, and she was 55 years old. Uh, and you know what they offered her, John? What? Six months pay. Wow. And nice that's try. what she was so worried about in terms of accepting by that yeah. deadline. And I said, well, you know, I, I am very sorry to hear about your medical condition, but the best thing that could have happened to you is you not signing that severance package. I assessed her as being owed right around 13 to 14 months, more than double what she was offered. So now she's retained me, and I'm working with her to, to get her that severance package. But, man, just an example that I had to bring up on the show here that you cannot, should not, uh, under any circumstances, accept that severance package without getting legal advice. In this case, she actually didn't know she was supposed to. Uh, unfortunately, she had a medical condition. Because of that, she didn't accept it. And it turns out that, that good is a, it was a good thing that she didn't because what would have happened otherwise, she would have accepted it, and she would have learned later on that she was owed more than double and at that point, John, it would have been too late to do anything about it. So I guess all's well that ends well here, right? You got it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. What else you got going on? Second matter, John, I'll tell you about uh, involves uh, a gentleman that was uh, the victim of workplace bullying and harassment. Now, oftentimes when we think about uh, bullying, harassment in the workplace, we think maybe it's, it's just the uh, women that are victims of that. Well, I'm here to tell you absolutely not. I've had many clients over the years 
uh, guys, you know, sometimes men's men, you know what I mean? Uh, burly guys. And they were still victims of, of harassment in the workplace. And the reason for that is there's this inequality of power between an individual and the employer. So oftentimes the employer who may not be a, a tough guy or girl, may feel that, that power because they're the boss. Well, this gentleman, a uh, very nice guy, was completely mistreated by his boss, was very rude, uh, obnoxious, used foul language, uh, you know, made threats to him, put him down, some of it in email, some of that in writing, to the point that this gentleman was just ready to drop everything, leave the job, and never come back to work. Wow. He called me. And he wanted to know, what do I do here? Can I, can I uh, do something about it? Or is it something that I have to just suffer and, and, and there's no solution? Well, John, of course there's a solution. And I've told him that. I told him that, yes, you don't have to suffer through this poison work environment. You have a right to work in a healthy, supportive, proper work environment, as do all of our listeners. And if that happens to you where the work environment becomes poisoned, you can treat your employment as being terminated. It's a constructive dismissal. In this case, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to get him out of that workplace. We're going to get him a severance so that he can move on and go to work at a better place. So I wanted to mention that because a lot of guys out there may think that, uh, you know, maybe it, there's shame in being harassed in the workplace. There really isn't, all right? Uh, and, and if you are being harassed, a man, woman, or, or otherwise, you have, you have rights. The law comes down really hard on employers that don't uh, foster a proper work environment. Yeah. If that happens to you, you know what to do. You just give me a call. And with that, we'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We have a ton of emails you guys send in. We will get to those. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And we will uh, break down the severance pay calculator shortly as well. Again, phone lines are open. Bring them on. We're ready for you on the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640. To uh, give you a shout-out to your firm and also to you in particular, uh, you handled our wrongful dismissal case for my husband, and you managed to do that out of court, and we got a settlement that we were not expecting to receive. Um, you took our case and ran with it, Lior. You did a fantastic job. Excellent. No, really, seriously. It's from the heart, and, and we were so grateful for you. And uh, thanks also for doing this show, because if I wouldn't have called in um, and, and received the information that we did, in fact, have a case, I would never have known. That the exact reason why we've been doing this show for almost five years is to make people aware and make them a lot of money, save them a lot of hassle and a lot of strife right there. You know that number got open lines. Let's get right to it, shall we? And uh, I got Daryl on the line. Hey, Daryl, good evening. Good evening. How are you tonight? Good, big guy. What's going on with you? Um, just uh, it's a bit of a long story. Uh, I was working in the oil fields in Alberta as a chef. Uh, I was in an isolated camp. Right. Now, I, I had had a kidney transplant 31 years ago, but I was in perfect health. Now, I got injured. My leg got injured, and a septic infection ensued, and my kidney, my kidney failed as a result, and I'm back on dialysis. But WSIB or the employer won't do anything for me, saying that there's no, they can't relate it to the septic infection. And have you, you haven't been able to work since, or have you been back to work? No, no, I'm, I, no I haven't been able to work since. That was, uh, at, at all. June 10th. Now, did you have a disability plan through work? No, no, because uh, it's considered, when you work in the oil fields, it's considered seasonal labor, so I, uh, there was no yeah. disability plan. Mm. 
So here's the thing. You, you, you need to, like the recourse here, is, here would be as, as against uh, WSIB, not so much your employer because WSIB needs to recognize the, the connection between your current condition and, and, and work and the fact that this uh, situation you find yourself in has everything to do with, with work and therefore they should compensate you. Uh, there's really not much that can be done vis-a-vis -vis your employer. So here's what I want you to do. There's a, uh, there's a lawyer that I work with uh, who, uh, in this situation, uh, he's really good at dealing with WSIB. He's really uh, one of the best ones. So if you call me off here, I'll connect you with him, and he'll help you as best possible to deal with WSIB here and make sure that they recognize this uh, situation. It's not uncommon, unfortunately, where WSIB avoids paying by saying, no, no, it's really not connected to work. But you got to deal with that. There's a significant amount that you may be owed here. So if you give me a call or email me off air, I'll connect you with him, and hopefully he can help you because I, I hate hearing a story like that. I really do. Okay, what's the number I call? That number, my friend, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. There's also Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com. Appreciate that, Daryl. And we'll get to uh, Axel here. Hey, Axel, how are you? Uh, how are you tonight? Good. What you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good, but I I've got a question for you. Okay. As, as a customer. I'm getting tired of going into Tim Hortons. I know what I want. I'm in line. I place my order. Uh, the employees keep asking me, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, uh, BLT is, is simple, I thought. But it's like, <laughs> would you like an egg on that? Would you like cheese on that? It's like, well, no. I want... But anyways... That that's the gist of it. Right. Apparently, their employees are forced by management and upper echelons to do this. Which to me, this is just harassment. I refuse to go to Tim Hortons anymore because of trying that. to upsell you. Now, if they get three or more complaints because management is forcing them to do that. They got fired. Is that actually legal? Wow. For, for, there's obviously probably a lot of Tim Hortons employees that are listening to the program. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly, uh, Axel, if, if a Tim Hortons employee got fired uh, for reasons like that, that would be a wrongful dismissal. They would be owed compensation. So, you know, I, I mean, we, we I don't know much about their policies and their internal policies. But for a Tim Hortons employee to get fired without compensation, they would have to do something pretty darn awful, uh, pretty darn bad to, to you know, warrant a termination uh, without uh, or for cause. So I don't know anything about them. I haven't been contacted by them. The problem here, of course, is a lot of the workforce, not all, all of it, but a lot of it is younger and uh, they, they may not want to pursue matters. But certainly I'm happy to chat with any of them. As long as they want to talk to me, I'm more than happy to help. And I've, I've worked with many employees in the service industry over the years, uh, make sure that they got the compensation that they're owed. And, and they don't know what rights are because this is for most of them their first job. Yep. So, anyways, if you could put something out and let people know, if yeah, we you do. Tim Horton. We just. We just did, Axel. Absolutely. Happy to chat with them or anyone else uh, that have, has an issue, Tim Horns or otherwise, happy to chat. 
Again, 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on sale. We'll take a short break and uh, get more of your emails on the way here and your phone calls when you bring them through. we got open lines. We'd love to talk to you. That is right, big voice guy. Call that number and we will talk to you, get some problem solves, enlighten you, get you some information to uh, go out the door better prepared as far as your job is concerned. Uh, Bill and Barry, good evening. Bill. Good evening. How are you? Good, pal. What's happening with you? Um, my wife uh, works for, or has worked for a company recently, she just quit actually, um, where they provide services to a major uh, telecommunication company in Canada. And I said some questions. She's looking for uh, work in the same field and for future reference, we want to know what they can get away with. Um, basically what happened to her is uh, they would change her shift uh, at 9 o'clock the night before and expect her to log on uh, hmm. to check her work computer for free on her own time to see if they change her schedule. Are they allowed to do so, things like that? So here's the problem. No, the, the short answer is absolutely not. They're, they're not allowed to do that. But once she allows them to do it, you know what I mean? Once she, 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 gets, she lets them get away with it. So they've done it a few times. She wasn't happy, but she continued working. But once that happens, she is essentially giving them the right to do it again and again. So, no, an employer can't just change your shifts that way. But once they do, it just becomes a term of employment. And now it's an implied term that they can do it. So that's the concern here. You don't want to let your employer, quote unquote, get away with something that they're not allowed to do because if you do, you just kick that door wide open and at that point you can't do much about it. So, you know, once your wife is faced with something like that, she needs to tell them, listen, this is not something that's acceptable to me. You need to give me proper notice if you're going to change my shift. And if they say, too bad, so sad, we're doing it anyway. Well, at that point, she may consider treating that as a constructive dismissal and leave and, and with severance. It may be better in that situation. If your, your, your wife, uh, I'm assuming if she left because of this, depending on how long they've done this to her, that she may not be able to do anything. If they had just started doing it, and then she quit because she was too upset about it, yeah. well, yeah, she actually may have recourse right now against her former employer uh, by way of a constructive dismissal. So, so uh, Bill, how long was this going on? Uh, it went on for the entire two years she worked there, so I don't think she realized um, at the start. So I think we're we're kind of out of luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems to be standard in that industry that uh, they really stretch the limits. I know Ontario laws are fairly lax as far as mm. what you can do to your employees, but they really seem to stretch it to the to the nth degree. You know, the, the problem is with, with something like that is that the law says you can't do it unless your employees allowed you to do it. So in this yeah. case. You know, that, that's the problem. So the best advice for, for your wife or anyone listening is whenever your employer does something that they're not allowed to do, they're not supposed to do, you, you got to take pause for a second and make your position known. Tell them exactly what you feel about it and why you don't think it's right. And if they continue doing that, you have a decision to make. You can accept it with everything that comes with that. Or you, you may want to consider your employment being terminated as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. So that's the choice that you, your wife, anyone listening to us, would have whenever the employer is doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thank Thanks, you, Bill. Bill. Moving forward, one uh, 821 5900 if you need to get a hold of uh, Leo in the future. Hey, Peter, we'll get you in here before break. How are you, pal? Hello there. Hi, Peter. Yeah, just, a, just a question for Leo. Um, my wife's worked as like a shop assistant for nine years now, and she's been told that uh, the business is getting taken over by someone else, and she's mm -hmm. been told that she's getting paid off basically, and um, she just seen that she was given a payment like three hundred dollars, but not told what it was for. 
So she's getting, obviously, I think she's been told she'll be keeping her job with a new employer, right? But she hasn't been told what this, like, $300 is for. And, and you know, she's, she isn't guaranteed that she's got a job when the new employer takes over anyway, yeah? So, so, Peter, here's how this works. If, in fact, she has a job and if she continues working with the new employer, with the buyer, then her seniority carries through to the buyer and she's not actually entitled to any, any severance from the company that sold the business. She simply continues working and if down the road the new company lets her go, they have to account for her full service. On the other hand, if she's not going to have a job, if the buyer is going to decide not to keep her on, well, wait a second. Then she gets full uh, severance from the seller, from the company selling the business. And after nine years, she could be looking at nine, 10, even 12 months of pay. So it's a question of, is she going to continue working? If she is and she accepts a job, uh, then no severance. If she's not going to continue working, then, uh, then she does get severance. And if they offer her a job that's different in terms of compensation or hours of work, she may not have to accept it and still get severance. It all has to do with whether or not she's going to continue working. Answer the question, Peter? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, you've uh, clarified everything that she needs to know. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So, yeah, we'll be in touch if it changes at all. That'll be that. Uh, Absolutely. If she doesn't get a job, Peter, and, and, and we're talking about severance, it's important that you give me a call at that point so we can make sure that she gets everything that she's owed. Here you go, Peter, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. More of your phone calls coming up. We got open lines four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Continues the Monday night edition of the employment hour. Yeah, you got plenty of time to call in at seven thirty three. Take your calls. We got lines available for you if you have questions like we've had so far. John, uh, we'll get you on the line. How are you? Not bad yourself. Good. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, I just thought I'd call in and maybe get some uh, direction or information from the expert there. Cool. Sure. Uh, I was uh, I was an operations supervisor and I was let go about a month ago from my employer. Uh, I never missed any time. Everything was great. But then this year I did miss some time. I had some uh, financial issues and there was I worked far. I live far from work as well. But I was only spoken to one time the last the last time I missed a day. And they asked me what was going on, and then I kind of told them, you know, it's financial issues, and I have a, a custody I'm going through with my ex as well. But anyway, so they let me go. Uh, the next, sorry, the next time I was, uh, I missed a day. I was in a car accident. I sent in the information that I was in a car accident, and they fired oh. me that night. Now my biggest concern is more of they didn't give me termination pay or severance or nothing. They said I wasn't wow. entitled to it. So I'm just not sure if you know, do I have any recourse? I know they can let me go, but. You know, really, I wasn't really spoken to, and then all of a sudden, I'm gone. <laughs> and so, John, so, so if I understand it, so you missed some time. They give you one warning. Then you had a car accident. You missed a day, even though you, you sent them the information. But they yeah. said, well, too bad. We warned you before, so now we're going to let yeah. you go without compensation. That is correct. In, in essence, that's the story, right? That now, is correct. John, how long have you worked there for? Uh, almost three years, two and a half years, so not that long. Okay, and uh, you said operations a supervisor, I think you said. Yeah. And, and how old are you, John? I'm 44. So, John, here's the thing. Uh, 
to, for, to let you go without compensation, that's what we call a termination for cause, and they can only do that after uh, repeated warnings in, in the face of very serious misconduct. It's the, the ultimate penalty for the uh, you know ultimate offense. So, right. and, and they're not even close. If you, you got one warning and your second absence after that warning was legitimate because it's a car accident, no way is this cause. It's not even close to being cause. Uh, and, and you probably shouldn't even have gotten a second warning. It's not like you can help being in a, in a car accident. Correct. It's like you did it on purpose. So, so you've been wrongfully dismissed. Now, let me tell you how much you, compensation you, you're potentially looking at here. Uh, the, the main factors being age, position, length of employment. For you, it, it could be as much as six months pay. You know, anywhere from five, six months pay is what I would assess you at here. So there, there's a significant amount here potentially that could be owed to you. This is not cause. You know, based on the facts as you've just described them to me, it's not. Right. So given the fact you've been wrongfully dismissed, John, what I want you to do is I want you to connect with me off air so we can have a bit of a, a more detailed discussion. Okay. Uh, I want to see the the warning that they uh, they gave you. I want to read it if it's in writing. I want to see the termination letter if they gave you one. And and assuming that uh, the analysis stays the same, I want to help you pursue this to get that six months compensation. That would okay? be fantastic. John, here I'll give you a number. Uh, I'll give you a number before you uh, you go there. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That right there is exactly why we do the show. That right there, you're absolutely right. So he's been let go, and he may have figured, you know, I guess I did something wrong, so they can let me go without compensation. Not even close. He certainly deserved a lot better than that. And for him, John, six months compensation when you're unemployed, holy cow, that's a lot of money, no matter what your salary is. So I look forward to his call, and hopefully I can help him out. And we'll get to a, another call. I believe we still got a, a minute to squeeze this one in you, but we do got lots of time. We'll get to uh, Howard. Hey, Howard, good evening. Hi, how are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, nothing really. I just wanted to f- find out uh, from your expert here. Um, <clears throat> I've been employed for 18 years, and our company's doing some restructuring. And uh, I just want to know what uh, is, is is the severance package that you can expect, um, or, or you know, what's the minimum and, and I guess maximum you typically um, you know look for, and and someone that's been employed for that length of time. Absolutely. So, Howard, 18 years, uh, what kind of a job? What do you do? Uh, information technology. Okay. Uh, and uh, how old are you, Howard? 50, 53. So, someone in your situation would be looking at anywhere from 16 to 18 months pay. Now, 16 to 18 months pay is what I would assess you at, uh, and that includes salary, benefits, bonuses, whatever, uh, car allowance, anything that you would have received as an employee. Now, here's uh, something to, to consider. If, in fact, you are going to be part of this restructuring and lose your job, don't be surprised if when they offer you severance, it's less than that 16 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is the vast majority of people are offered a lot less than their owed because the company hopes you'll accept it because you won't know any better. They right. would hope yeah. that you didn't do what you just did, which is you called to find out about your legal entitlements. If that happens, if it's less than what I just said it should be, you give me a call. I'll make sure that uh, I help you to get what you're owed. But you ask me a question, 16 to 18 months is what I would assess you at, Howard. Okay. Now, if they ask you to sign something, you you know, you have, whatever, three, four, five days to sign <clears throat> your your uh, entitlement package or whatever the case is, your compensation package, is there a time limit that they can Excellent question. 
Very, very good question. And yep. not only – it's not a question of if there's a time limit. They're going to put a time limit. They're going to say, you know, right. you have to sign this by Friday or whatever it is. Well, yep. do not worry about that time limit because your legal rights don't expire Friday. In fact, you have two years to pursue your legal rights. That is a pressure tactic. It's all it is. Okay. Look at it this way. If I owed you $100,000 and I said – uh, forget about 100000 Howard. I'll pay you 50000 but I'll only pay you the 50000 if you sign this by Friday. You'd yeah. be looking at me like I'm crazy. You're saying, what? You owe me 100 and you're putting conditions on paying me 50 right, That's exactly right. what it happens with the severance package. Oftentimes, a company offers a lot less, and they try to impose a deadline for you to accept this because they hope that you don't know any better, and then you'll feel the pressure, and then you'll sign off on it. So don't let that happen to you. Uh, and if uh, you lose your job, you give me a call. Don't worry about time. We'll be able to resolve it. The deadline is going to be meaningless, okay? All right, great. Now, I do have another question. I'm sort of take up your time. But um, what if you are you're offered a package and so forth, and you, you know, you're, you're happy with the conditions, and so you get, say, say you get 16 months? And you know they they don't give you a lump sum payment or whatever the case is. They they give you they still keep you on the payroll for 16 months, right? Um, and your your benefits expire whatever time frame you've agreed upon. If you get a job under those 16 months, right. what are the, what what are the obligations for me legally? Um, do I have to tell them? And then they cut the the package out, or you know. So that, the, that's all going to be spelled out in the ultimate severance agreement that we would reach with the company. In, in many cases, where there's no obligation to look for work or, or to tell them if you find a job. In other cases, we would have to. They would be spelled out that we'll pay you, but if you find another job, you have to tell us, and then we'll cut you off. So the answer to that would depend on the ultimate deal that's being negotiated and that that, that will be negotiated. So every deal is different. In some cases, you get paid installments. Some cases, lump sum. Some cases, it matters if you find a job. Some cases, uh, cases it doesn't. So every case right. is different, and that's going to be all part of the negotiation ultimately for the severance package. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Howard. Excellent question. Howard just put on a complete symposium. He's covered like a week's worth of shows right <laughs> the now gamut. with all these questions. He ran, he ran, the, he ran the, uh, the gauntlet. It was amazing. Here, Howard, here's the number, by the way. It's one 821 5900 one if you need it. If you need it, write it down as well as we go into a short break here. And phone lines, taking more of your calls. That's the type of stuff you learn here in just a matter of minutes. And 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Employment Hour continues right here at Talk Radio. AM 640. Love to hear from you. Lots of time. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Let's get uh, right back into it here on the phone. Scott, good evening. Hi, how are you today? Good, Scott. What's your concern? Uh, quick question. My wife is a general manager of a franchise restaurant, and the owner in the last two years has never paid her for a stat day. Hmm. He just doesn't seem to believe in it. Nobody ever gets <sighs> yeah, paid in the restaurant for stat days. Uh, I, I guess it may, maybe for religious grounds, he doesn't want to pay. I mean, on what basis does he want to, not want to pay? He just... If she, I know if you work a stat day, I believe it's double time and a half. Is it not roughly? That's like right. That's how yeah. it works out. She yeah. might maybe get the time and a half, but she never. Well, here, gets here's the, the thing, the Scott. Day. I mean, uh, it, the problem always is, is when you're working for the for the company still, and they don't they owe you money. You have to always make a decision: Do I pursue this while I'm still working there? Because you know it, it may not help the the work environment. If she wants to pursue it, 
With respect to that, she can go to the Ministry of Labor right here in Ontario. She contacts the Ministry of Labor and files a complaint with them. They'll investigate if they determine that she's been underpaid. They'll order her employer to pay her. So that's the way to do it. She has to decide whether that's something she's comfortable with. Uh, But no, obviously they have to pay what they have to pay. And he can't decide, I'm going to pay you less. I'm not going to pay you. But, uh, you know, that's the recourse. It's easy to resolve if she wants to do it. Okay. Is there a time limit? Uh, she she could go back two years. Okay, that's what I thought. It's coming up on two years this October that she's been working there. So I have, I mean, she's sure too. If she goes and does this, she'll get fired. What is uh, what has he said? What's the reason he's not he's giving? He literally says he doesn't believe in it. It's it's one of these places where every week you're a few hours short. Every employee is missing uh, a day's pay. It's just it's nonstop. I can't believe the franchise hasn't taken this place away from the guy. Wow. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. The thing is a this, lot of Scott, immigrant employees. What I want to tell you is this: if she files a complaint to stand up for her rights and she gets fired because of it, that's illegal. We call that a reprisal. It's illegal. If he does that to her, I can go after him. I mean, that that would be a very kind of dumb thing to do on his part. If he does that, you give me a call and I'll talk to her. Happy to to help her. So she has to decide what what's what she wants to do if she's comfortable with this. But with respect to the uh, holiday pay tour, I would go directly to the Ministry of Labor without any hesitation. Scott, here is the number to call because uh, if you think it's coming down, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It's Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com. He doesn't believe in it. He's like Mr. Pink and Tipping. I don't believe in it. It's the same type of thing. <laughs> Religious like, reasons. Religious reasons. I don't believe it's fine. It. Hard to believe. Got uh, Ryan on line. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good evening. Good. Yourself? Good. What's uh, what's going on with you? Um, so I just have a question. I'm going to be returning to work in uh, a couple weeks. Um, yep. Actually, on parental leave because my wife owns her own business, so she can't apply for maternity leave. Right. Um, I'm entitled to four weeks at my job, and I'm just wondering if I return – do I still get my four weeks vacation when I return back to work? So you still have a right to, to four weeks vacation, but because one you're on leave, you're, you're not uh, earning income, you're not accruing vacation pay. Vacation pay is a function of income. Okay. So because of that, uh, uh, y- y- there's no paid vacation that you're going to take unless you had, of course, time that you didn't use before you went on leave. But it's not like you go down to two weeks or, or three weeks. You still have a right to, to accrue four weeks vacation a year but you're not actually earning any vacation pay while you're on a leave. Does that, okay, make, does that answer the question? Yeah, just because uh, my wife, when she, before she owned her business, she was uh, on maternity leave at a company, and when she returned from her mat leave, she did get her four, uh, her four weeks vacation as soon as she returned, like she used them right away. Right. I was wondering if... Well, it's, it's possible that they give it to her on account of the, the year after, or maybe they're extremely generous. All I can tell you is that when you're not working, you're, you're okay. not earning any vacation, you're not accruing vacation pay. Vacation pay is a, is a function of income. It's a percentage of income that's set aside as vacation pay. So if there's no income coming, unless, of course, your employer is topping up your pay, but if that's not the case, then there's no vacation pay that's, that's earned. Okay. Uh, and, and then there'll be no vacation pay to take, if, if you know okay. what I mean. Yeah, they were topping her up, and they're not topping me up. Okay. Well, there you go. That's why. Yeah. Appreciate that call, Ryan. And we'll get to you, Steve and Rob. You want to hang on the line, fellas? We'll take one more, one more small short break and get right back to more of the employment hour. It's right here on Talk Radio, AM640. And we get right back to it on those phone lines. Love talking to you tonight. Thank you, everyone, for calling in. Steve, you as well. What's going on with you? Thanks for having me, guys. 
No worries. What's happening? I have a, qu- I have a question for uh, the expert there. Um, I've been delivering food for a major food delivery company from restaurant to customer uh, in the GTA for the past almost three years. Mm. And um, I'm really looking to get just like a determination whether I'm a uh, independent contractor or an employee. Based on excellent. what I've read, I believe I'm an employee. You are excellent. Okay, so, so you've been there three years. What kind of hours do you work? What kind of days? I work basically the same shift week after week after week, mm-hmm. um, about 50 hours a week, uh, Monday through Saturday, during the day and the evening. It's almost identical. You, you had me at 50 hours. So, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah you, totally. you, you're an employee, my friend. Uh, yeah. If you work for three years, the same shift, 50 hours a week. If you're not an employee, guess what? No one is an employee. So you well, are an employee, my friend. Not even a question about it. I'm, I'm not struggling at all to, to give you that uh, information. And let me ask you, um, there, because of the, the crackdowns on, uh, on parking in the city, as you know, they've raised the tickets and whatnot, there's, there's been a bit of a pushback because I use my car to make deliveries, and they, they, they tell me that they don't care how many parking tickets I get. i got to park wherever I can. If it's illegal, you take the tickets, you make the deliveries, end of story. Yeah, well, here's the problem. The problem is this. It, it, it ultimately, there's no physical way to, to, or there's no way to physically stop them to get them to stop from what they're doing. You have to decide whether you're comfortable continuing on this basis, or if you've had enough and you want to leave with severance. So in this situation, yeah, if you want it out of there, I could probably help you get out of there. Uh, I don't know that you could do much to get them to change what they're doing. Uh, now, you may be able to file a complaint against them with the Ministry of Labor. I don't know if that's going to work really well here. Ultimately, the choice has to be are you, either you're going to leave and, and treat that as a constructive dismissal and get your entitlements as an employee. It could be four, five, six months pay, potentially, or, uh, or you stay there and continue working on this basis. That, that's your decision. But are you an employee in the eyes of the law? That's easy. Absolutely, yes. And you do see it as a constructive dismissal because of the parking ticket issue? I do. I do. Yeah, I certainly do. And I, I, I think that if you wanted to, to pursue that, by the way, if you were to consider pursuing that, I don't want you to do anything before you talk to me. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to, to snap at your boss. None of that until you, you talk to me. But yeah, I do see that as a constructive dismissal, Steve. Absolutely. I will be in touch. I'm going to wait for that number. Awesome, Steve. It is right here. It is 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Rob, how are you, pal? Hey, hey, Rob. Hey. uh, So I've been an employee for the same company for over 15 years, and about Mm. 10 years ago I was issued a laptop uh, to be utilized as part of my job. I was doing after-hours clearances for my company, and they used to be more prevalent. Well, over the last so many years, they've kind of decreased and decreased. Um, so now they're um, basically replacing everybody's laptops in the office, and I've been informed by the IT department that I'm not on the list to have mine replaced. Now, that's not to say that I'm absolutely not going to get it at some point, but I did consult with another employee in my office who used to have a laptop, and they basically told him he just doesn't need it for his job anymore, and they took it away from him and put him basically on a uh, just a station at a desk. So now my concern is, is that I've also been allowed for the last couple of years to do overtime from my home because my uh, commute is fairly large. So I'll put in my, my eight hours at my office a day. They offer overtime to the employees, and I basically have been allowed to do it from home on the laptop. So if they essentially take that away from me, it's going to affect my salary at the end of the day. So if that's done, 
Uh, would I be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal because it's been a term of my employment? So here's the, here's the, the, the issue here. Obviously, taking your laptop away is, is a change in the terms of employment, full stop, not even a question. But the real issue is, is it a big enough change to result in a constructive dismissal? I, I, I hesitate here, and I, I don't think ultimately that it is, uh, because it's not such a fundamental change to the terms of employment. And the other thing is, I understand what you're saying, that it made your life easier having a laptop, and now you're not going to have a laptop if you don't, and, and makes your life harder. But because it, that issue can be rectified easily, you can spend a few hundred dollars, I know no one likes to, and get a laptop or a desktop or, or whatever yeah. it is, uh, and, and rectify that problem. I don't know that that's going to be enough of a change to result in a constructive dismissal. Not 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 something that's going to make you happy. The fact that they took away the laptop, it wouldn't make me happy either, but probably doesn't rise all the way to the level of a, of, of a constructive dismissal, Rob. Okay, so my, my biggest concern is that because I put my 9 to 5 at the office, so to speak, and then when the overtime is offered, which pretty much is on a daily basis, uh, and I basically work that overtime from my home, right. um, I essentially wouldn't be able to do that anymore because of my conditions at home. So I wouldn't be able to stay at the office an extra couple hours a night. So they, essentially it would change what I've been doing for the past but couple of years. Could you could you not get your own laptop and do it from no, home? No, it's, it's a work, it's a system from where it's an actual link ah, from okay. my work system, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's important because if by taking your laptop, you're now making less money because you can't do the overtime the way you used to. Well, wait a second. Now the issue is not so much the laptop as it is the, the impact on the compensation. So yeah, I'm now looking at it absolutely as a constructive dismissal. If you can't just get a laptop yourself and do it because it has to be their system, then yeah, if now it's impacting your pocket, I don't have any hesitation in saying that that could be a constructive dismissal because we're out of time here. Give me a call off here. Let's talk about this and get some more detail. But absolutely, absolutely, that could be a constructive dismissal. Good for another week. And here's the number in closing for everybody, including you, Rob. one 821 5900 is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet, you want to find out what your severance should be, the proper number, very simple couple steps, take you about 30 seconds, called severance pay calculator.com we will reconvene wednesday night here at seven o'clock another edition of the employment hour at that time right here talk radio am 640